In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. Uh, I'm being extorted, and I'm Evan. I'm the lucky winning horse at the racetrack. Oh, just kidding. I'm the other horse at the racetrack. I'm Ronnie. If you're going to tell from that introduction, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering NBC's The Black Donnellys. But before we get into that, Evan has a bit for us again. We're still doing this thing. Oh, our, our format boy. is still all turn up. Okay. Um, so, you own a bar. What's the theme? Ooh. Is price an issue? Can it be any theme? Um, I'm going to say you have a middling amount of capital to invest in this bar. You have enough to uh, execute um, a, a realistic vision. You don't have millionaire money. My first thought was Star Wars Cantina, mm. but if I can't get that Lucasfilm copyright, if I can't get that, which I think I would need more money for, I don't think I can pull that off. So I, I, th- I feel like the appeal of a lot of these pop-up bars that like they are super unlicensed and they are super generic and bootleg. Um, so I, I don't know. A, you could a call it a space, uh, a space conflict, um, yeah. outpost. Since I don't think I'd be able to pull off Cantina, Mons Eisley Cantina, in the way that my hopes and dreams would want, I think I'd go pirate. Like, just vaguely nautical. Like, pirate specifically, like... Well, like, not like cheesy pirate, but I want it to feel like you stepped into... Like Black Sails pirate. Yeah. Like go, well, go hard on the, the aesthetic theming and get I, invest in some quality props. I want it to feel like you stepped onto the deck of the Night Harrier when you come in my bar. The people listening don't know that that's the boat we had in LARP. Yeah, that was our LARP boat <laughs> when we were pirates. When we were pirates at the LARP that we went to. <laughs> I feel like, and this directly conflicts with what y'all are talking about like immediately this second but there's a lot of theme bars out there that pop up i don't feel like i want my bar to be like a larp or like a renaissance fair like where people are maybe like there's some people who are super in that mindset and other people who are just like i just want a drink in a cool place like i don't know i feel like when i go to the bar it's like yeah, you're doing a cool thing right now, but I just kind of want—I just kind of want a gin, a gin Ricky. I just kind of want something. I don't—I don't know how how intense do we need to make this here themed bar? So very saying- fucking intense, Ronnie. <laughs> you're saying you, you want- have to be gay and you have to be a pirate to no, come to my bar. I'm you're saying with- you want the theme of your bar to be bar, Ronnie? No, I maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. It would be pretty much just a bar. But if you're not some color of the rainbow and you haven't 
raided a ship, you can't come and have a drink with my with me and my bar. You must have personally fired a cannon to enter this bar. And taken a cock. Well. Unless you're a lesbian. <laughs> unless yeah, you're in lesbian. which case. However lesbians do it, I don't have it all figured out. I don't know. It's not my jurisdiction. I respect them, though. Not your jurisdiction. They have a very powerful energy, and I respect that. Right. I know what my bar theme is going to be. Okay. Um, I, I am aware that there are people in the world doing this, but I want a craft bar where you can come in and do crafts and have a beer. I feel like the more you drink, the more interesting those crafts are going to become. Yeah. Wow, exciting. Yeah, they'll have to be very safe things, you know, things that you can't, like, hurt yourself too badly with. Nope, power but, tools. Um, power tools and saws no, and everything. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm saying things like you can uh, you can make a, a leather pouch to put your phone in or something. You know, little little craft kits you can buy and you can sit there and learn to do some shit while you're having some beers with your friends. That's fair. This is a thing that exists. It seems like fun. You you like pay X number of dollars for the little kit-o crafts and you buy your beer separately and then like people will walk around and like help you if you don't know how to do the thing and they'll be like, also, do you want more beer? Buy more beer. <laughs> You'll only get better at crafting the thing if you buy more beer. <laughs> I feel like the themed bar that I want is is literally just the Vermilion Minotaur from... Hello from the Magic Tavern. Mm. Yes, and that's I a want, hard aesthetic. I want to pay all of the tremendous comedians who guest on Hello from the Magic Tavern to just be there as their characters, and that I will agree. I want that. I want that whole hog. I don't want any break. A fully immersive LARP bar. If I can use a, a, an Andyism from last week, I don't want any fourthing of the break wall. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I love want how it. we're still making fun of me for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's the new thing. Um, um, can I change my answer? Yes. I want my bar to be a themed bar of the the Foot Clan den from the live action TMNT movie. So it's like a skate park full of graffiti artists and like kids are just eating pizza. It's like the Pinocchio land. Like, kids are just, like, breaking glass and smoking cigarettes, and there's just rowdy teens everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then, like, every time you go to that bar, ninjas show up, and humanoid turtles show up, and they fight the ninjas in front of you. Hey, as, as long as you can promise me there will be pizza, I'm there. Who played Justin Hammer? What was that actor's name in Iron Man 2? Justin Hammer? I don't know. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's just fucking there, but he's like 20 again. And he sells you some cigarettes. Nice. Yeah. You're going to de-age an actor for your theme bar? Yeah. And he, <laughs> he's dark he's, magic. He's going to be fucking chained to the floor so that he can offer everyone that comes in my bar some cigarettes. If Captain um, Marvel can de-age Agent Phil Coulson for their 90s theme movie... We can, we can, we have the technology to do it for this themed bar. All right. If was Sam Rockwell the right actor? Was Sam Rockwell the one who's in TMNT? I, Sam Rockwell is definitely an Iron Man too. Well, I know he's an Iron Man too, but is he oh. the teenager who's like, you want some cigarettes? I don't have a father figure. 
<laughs> I could not tell you. I dear. joined the Foot Clan. I couldn't tell you, dear, but if you're doing that bar, I'm taking your pirate idea. I have the. I own the pirate bar now. I want both. <laughs> you can't. That's not how this. All right, you should do. You, so, see, this is this is why my job's hard. You have to do the summary now. Okay. Uh, real real quick though, I did just Google cigarettes boy TMNT two, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the algorithm works. I can confirm it is Sam Rockwell. Hell yeah! I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So, Thank God for Google. So we watched episodes four, five, six, and seven. For this week's episode, they are all on NBC.com. None of these were banned for being too violent from the the real world television. Uh, so episode four is titled The World Will Break Your Heart. And Kate, who is Huey's wife, Huey being the former head of the Irish mob who Tommy murdered, comes to Tommy Donnelly and is like, hey, like Huey mentored you. I think it'd mean a lot if you hosted his wake at your brother's shitty bar. Are you down with that? And Tommy having, uh, I'm assuming, some form of social anxiety said yes to this terrible idea uh, in order to not seem suspicious for murdering her husband. Um, Doki, meanwhile, is up to his shenanigans trying to figure out who murdered his brother and is torturing people with an axe. Kevin and Joey go on a quest to try and find booze for the wake and it's it's quite enjoyable watching these two numpties try and figure this out um jimmy does a lot of drugs in this episode that's like his whole deal um sean is real sad because his face is all smooshed (laughs) still and um kate kate no kate is her uh jenny riley um is like kind of like mad at tommy for, like, murdering people, and then she gets... You know, held- murdering people. Yeah. She gets held hostage by Doki in the basement, and Doki and Jimmy and Tommy have a real intense conversation where they deny murdering his brother a lot, and then Katie goes and bangs her bread man, Samson. By which you mean the delivery. Oh, not Katie, Jenny, but yeah. Jenny, Jenny Banks, the delivery man, the bread man. When you say the bread man, it makes him sound like something other. I don't know. He he carries a lot of bread. Uh, Episode five is titled Lies, which is like, I don't know, these these episode titles are usually much longer. Mickey Katero, who was like Salmonetta's lieutenant, and he's now like trying to rise through the ranks of the Italian mob, is coming after Tommy and he wants money. Um, Tommy goes to Doki, and Doki gets Tommy to rob Kate of some shit, and then he'll give him the money, but then Doki kind of, like, welches on Tommy. Uh, Jimmy and Joey Ice Cream find Louie Downtown's cell phone and start, like, using it to run his racket. Uh, he was a bookie. As, yeah, yeah so he was a bookie. They're collecting, uh... <clears throat> They're, they're not very good at it, though. Mm-hmm. And then Sean finally comes home from the hospital. And uh, Jenny realizes banging the bread man Samson was a bad idea. Uh, and she tries to explain it to Tommy, and he kind of blows her off. Episode 6 is titled Run Like Hell. 
Um, Tommy gets pulled into Jimmy and Kevin's bookmaking because uh, an old like childhood friend is one of the guys, and he doesn't want his brothers to beat up his old buddy. Um, hmm, what else happens? Uh, do do do. Oh, uh, Jimmy gets introduced to Whitey from Kevin. Whitey used to run books. And so Kevin's like, hey, Jimmy, this guy used to run books. He knows what he's doing. So they start, like, getting advice from this dude, and, and like, they rope him into the action. Whitey's a sleazebag, though, and there's a flash into the future which shows a very violent knife fight taking place between Jimmy and Whitey. And the ominous uh, narration by Joey Ice Cream is that one of them murders the other in the most grisly murder the neighborhood's ever seen. So that's kind of hanging over the air of their budding friendship. Oh, and then the like the best friend, like Tommy's buddy from childhood, turns out he's a real sleazebag, so Tommy beats the shit out of him and dicks the money. Uh, and then the last episode we watched, episode 7, The Only Sure Thing... Tommy and Jimmy have a role reversal where Jimmy is trying to, like, take care of the bar and paint the bar and, like, mentor Sean. And Tommy is collecting uh, the book with Kevin because he's trying to get money for Jenny Riley because Jenny Riley's dad has, like, not been paying his bills. He's been, like, accidentally misplacing the money uh, because he's having some memory issues. So uh, Tommy is trying to save the Riley Diner. I cover everything? Sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, Jimmy Jimmy murders Whitey. Not Whitey. Jimmy murders Whitey's uncle? Yeah. Yeah. Murders the shit out of him. Toss him uh, out a window. The mouth. The mouth. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that's the Black Donnelly's four episodes in in very wide strokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these four episodes work for you? I don't like the the tone that you're using. Um, I, I feel like Did you're trying. These four episodes work. I feel for like you? you're trying to pin me up against the wall on this one pretty pretty quickly. To, hey, uh, hey, hey, Ronnie. I I gotta get it t- from you before Evan spoils you. Oh, you think that's you think that's what's happening? That I just I'm just trying to impress Evan. (laughs) Yeah, Ronnie's definitely. I'm just saying that that you'll hear Evan's negativity and like a symbiote, it'll (laughs) latch on to you, and you'll you'll get a a '90s cool name like Toxin or Carnage. Yeah, and then you'll be ruined. Evan is nothing if not a symbiote costume. Um, yeah, I definitely become a liquid. And you're just, full of goo. I just ooze my way into people. Mm. Also, I'm... That's getting weird. Ronnie. Yes. These these here are three episodes. Four. Four episodes. I'm sorry, four. I guess they're three for you. You watched an extra one last time. Yeah. But anyway, these four episodes of the Black Donnellys, are they working for you? Are they... Are they uh, appealing to your sensibilities? They aren't. Um, they, <sighs> they're better than last time, but <sighs> but it's still still not quite scene. Hey, uh, hey, Evan. Yeah, Ronnie. These four episodes of NBC's 
the Black Donnellys, are they working for you? No, I'm sorry, Andy. They're not. <sighs> and Ken Vouch, I, I had stated before we started recording, I, I feel exactly the same way you do, Ronnie. These, I, I like these episodes better than mm-hmm. the previous set of them, but it's just still not... Uh, Characters are getting still- developed. The world is getting a little bit built, but I still don't know if it's a world that I want to play in. Yeah. It's just not, uh, not striking my fancy. Just not... Uh, pushing my buttons. Andy. Oh, Andy's dead. We killed Andy. Oh no. So I went to I went to Liberty University for my undergrad, and if I learned one thing there, Christians are the most persecuted people in America, <laughs> and I feel more persecuted being on this podcast right now. I don't believe it. Than than being a Christian at Liberty University and being the most persecuted class in all of America. An evangelical Christian? Yeah. More persecuted than an evangelical Christian? Than a white evangelical. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't yeah. even. I couldn't imagine. I feel more persecuted than white evangelical Christian who are the most persecuted people in all of America. Yeah. I don't believe you and I'm offended. <laughs> Good. You should be. I'm gonna stand in my in my in my light with Jesus. Um, but no, yeah, uh, I think you two are both wrong, and I'm a little hurt, (laughs) and I think this show is killing it. It's knocking it out of the park. 10 out of 10 would recommend it is the second best show we've ever covered. Oh my goodness. Better than- Those are are bold words. Yeah, we we don't have to- We've covered a lot of garbage. I don't know how bold those words are. We've covered some good shows. We've covered a couple good ones. Yeah. We we Kings can we can put great. this yeah well, we can put this on the board one. later we we can figure out later where this fits in the canon but this, of ending pending shows this show's great this show's so good okay you know well, in my opinion this show's biggest flaw is that it's not bad enough to be not funny. good enough it's not bad oh, enough shit, no <laughs> oh oh you played yourself you can't take back your trash talk you just gotta roll with it right edit un- that shit you out can't, you can't untrash talk. Yeah, Ken, no, Ronnie, you can't. editing. Those are the editing noises. Now Ronnie has to edit it. Editing parries. <laughs> because there's editing noises. I can't leave editing noises <laughs> in the podcast. I'll get laughed out of the podcast community. Let's talk about... There are there are many. I will say that there are many good things about these four episodes. Yeah! Keep that up. I just... I don't know that they outweigh the the negative of the overarching bad things, but let's talk about those good things about these four episodes. I want to hear you guys talk about how good this show is. Mm. Um, mm. I I still like Joey Ice Cream. Joey Ice Cream's great. I know, Evan, you were not a fan of Mr. Ice Cream. Um, Mr. Joey Ice Cream, but... I enjoyed him. Um, I thought the pacing of these four episodes was much better mm-hmm. than the first three. Uh, I think there was consistent uh, action and consistent conflict and um, a, a steady escalation throughout the episode and then some kind of conclusion at the end of each, which felt kind of all over the map for the first three. Like the first one... Uh, like just 
I know that I won't harp on this too much, but like I said, so much was happening that everything was like just bouncing all over the place. But um, I feel like we've kind of settled into what these these guys' life lives are like, uh, and we're kind of more following their day to day struggles as they fit into the larger mess they've got themselves in with this whole mob thing. And I like that better. I do think we're getting a little bit more of the, like, relationship between the brothers. Um, we're realizing very inescapably what a bad person, uh, Jimmy? You don't like Jimmy. Jimmy. What a bad person Jimmy is. I remember that one's, I'm, I'm getting better at the names. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying real hard. Yeah, Jimmy's a real bad dude. Uh, and it's real hard to have any sympathy for him, which you're, I guess you're supposed to, cause no. Tommy does. You feel sympathy for Tommy, you don't feel sympathy for Jimmy. Um, I won't, I won't get into my negatives, but it's real frustrating to watch Jimmy just exist. Yeah. It's real annoying. Yeah. Um... I I like and I feel like maybe this is this is like not as popular of opinion but I like the business with Nikki Katero like the whole like you know overarching like po- the politics of like what's going on with the you know the Irish Union and what's going on with the the Italian mob and and everything like that like that stuff is is interesting to me and more more compelling than some of the other things that we're watching. Um, I'm just like a fan of like the, the, it feels like this is going to be a, a huge false equivalency, but it feels almost like game of Thrones esque where it's like, yes, we're not dealing with this like small potato stuff here, but we are very much trying to set up like what all of these small actions means to this great big world of New York city that we don't really have that much of a look into yet. My, yeah, there's some political intrigue kind of happening. My two favorite moments from these four episodes are the conversation with Doki in the basement of the firecracker during the mm-hmm. wake where he's like threatening Jenny and he's threatening Jimmy and Jimmy pulls a gun and then Tommy knocks his guy out and gets a gun and Doki's like swinging the axe around like that's that's just real heated and it's real intense and I love it. And they have to, like, admit to some of the murders they've done, but they don't want to admit to all of the murders they've done. It's very good. And it's a smaller moment, but at the end of that episode, um, I'm sorry, I think it's the end of the next episode in Lies, where Tommy goes to give Nikki the last of the money, and he threatens Nikki's mom, and then leaves. And Nikki looks to his his buddy and he's like, who would you put money on, Doki or Tommy? And Nikki's buddy's like, Doki, 100%, you kidding me? And Nikki's like, you're an idiot. Like, that kid's smart. And you can see Nikki already start trying to turn the wheels because Doki's a maniac. And if Nikki can get Tommy in charge of the Irish, that would be good for Nikki. And it's just a really, it's a short scene. It's only, you know, 30 seconds, but I love that scene. Uh, 
The guy playing Nicky Guterro, I don't know who the fuck he is, but like he's he great. kills it. He he's kills great. it every second he's on screen. He is soaking up everything. Mm-hmm. But that scene right there, I feel like had had so much depth to it. And I feel like it's it's so great because you know to look at it from the world of like this this huge like political mess for Nikki to look at Tommy and be like he's even like a player in all this like to, to even think about him as like a factor in this situation is is wild to his partner is wild to Vinny and yeah. he's like nope I've already got this thing figured out like this is this is how this is gonna go it's just like. It really that does a good job to establish like what it like. I think up to that point, you can kind of feel like, you know, the Donnelly's are small potatoes. Everything else that's going on is way bigger. But like Nikki's able to say like, nope, like I've been I've been doing the math on this Italian family for a long time. And I've been doing the same for the Irish family. And that guy right there, he's he's the future. And what's interesting is that the the Donnelly's are like C-list like. Oh, yeah. Like, they're small potatoes. Nikki is B-list, you know. He's he's better off than the Donnelly's, but he's not mm-hmm. running shit like, like his yeah. boss is. Like, uh, I was going to say Sal, but it, Sal's dead. Right. Sal's brother? Uh, Whoever the new head of the Italians Sal's are. Sal's brother. Allo, they keep calling Allo, yeah, that's his who name. He, who, who he is in relation, though. Yeah. But, like, Aloe's the guy running things, and Nikki is trying to do his math. He's like, if I team up with a C-lister, maybe I can become the A-lister. Yeah. Yeah. It's good I, shit. Yeah. It's 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 what I am <clears throat> most interested in through this. At least through, definitely through these four episodes. Um, one of the bits that was really funny was when Tommy and Kevin go and try and collect the debts. And there is like the guy who is like ride, driving like the bicycle rickshaw taxi thing. And he's like, you got to pay me. And Tommy's like, he said he's not going to pay. And Kevin just like throws a punch at him and starts beating the hell out of him. And he's just like, this is what you got to do. Like, they're, they're not just going <laughs> to give you the money. Like, you have to you have to beat him up. And the guy, he's like, all right, here, here, here. He's like, but wait, I can still bet this weekend then, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're good. And just like. You paid up, yeah. It's, it's again, it is, is contradictory to what I was saying last time, like with the casual violence. But it's like, if the violence is just like a matter of currency and that doesn't lead to death, I feel like the death is my is my line. But like, it's just, you know, with everything, everything thing we see, like, that's part of what drives me nuts is because I. As much as I am a little bit of like a creative type, I do crave order and I do crave like law. And every time that these people are faced with like, here is what you have to do. They're like, oh, no, I'm stronger than you and or I have a gun. So I'm going to do what I'm just going to take these cans of paint. Like, I'm just like and that's that's fine. Like, I'm just going to like walk out of here. I'm going to beat you up and take your money. Is that cool? Because I'm going to do it any like it's it's. It's it's unsettling being in that world because it's not a world that I'm familiar this is, with. This is almost as incomprehensible as uh, Zed not jumping out of the yes. bath to make that appointment yes. that she had made. <laughs> yes. People can't just behave like this. What is this, the that. purge? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah these I, people are fucking maniacs. I f- and I feel like that is... You mentioned it earlier with with Tommy saying yes to the uh, to the wake, where it's like 
Tommy does the right thing, not because it's the right thing, but just because he's got such severe social anxiety. Then <laughs> he's just like, well, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. So I can't I'm just gonna... beat this guy up, even though he owes us money. Right. He's like, no, that's what you do. That's it part liter- of the game. It, it literally is Tommy just being like, well, I'm a people pleaser, so I'm going to, you know, make sure that. Jimmy gets his money, but also I am going to go and take a loan out to help Jenny, too. Uh, and in the, um, was it the only sure thing? No, in Run Like Hell, where Maxwell, was that his name? Yeah, yeah, uh, Maxwell. friend with the $5,000 debt. Yeah, where yeah. Maxwell's just taking advantage of the fact that Tommy wants to be liked. Yeah. And that, like... He knows Tommy isn't going to do anything, so he's going to try and take advantage of Tommy as best he can. Yeah. They talk about early in this how, like, Sean is, like, the the pretty boy and the playboy and, every you know, everyone's got a thing for... Sh- like, every girl that we've met so far has been, like, romantically linked to Tommy in some way, shape, or form. What, you mean both women that exist in the show? Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, if All we two count of them... The- if we count the Maxwell wife, then that's three. Maxwell wife, art okay. student, and Jenny. Uh, I, and I, Kate. I have, like, unsarcastically counted four named female characters. There's Jenny. There's the mom. There's Huey's wife. Kate. Kate. Then that chick who was chasing Sean around. Yeah. Who was, like, stalking him. Those are the four I got. I know that uh, Maxwell's wife was in there, and I guess she got named, but she was only yeah. in this one episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, they can't introduce a new woman without being like, oh, and also, Tommy had a thing, or, like, has a thing, or, you know. Yeah, everybody just gotta be fucking everybody. Yep. Well, all the women, anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> you, the, the women can't be involved in the story without being romantically attached to somebody who's a re- you know a real character yeah how about um huey's son creepy little like six sense kid uh matthew. matthew matthew where at the end after uh tommy steals the steals the money takes it to doki and he's just like i know what you did don't worry i won't tell there's just like a look there's a look in tommy's eye where i'm like he's about to kill this kid He's, he's, he's gonna murder this kid like, I don't know if I could stand idly by and let Tommy murder this kid that kid's not a very good actor no no no. him and Kevin are in the same league whoa whoa Kevin is yeah. my favorite character in the show no yeah I don't think Kevin really? is very yeah, good yeah I love Kevin Kevin feels very flat to me he's so dumb I love him Kevin Kevin doesn't have much of a personality. He's just like, I like betting. I make bad decisions. I like betting and I make make bad decisions. I love him. I do bad at betting. And like He's a very good boy who's never he's, done anything wrong. He's he done really, everything he wrong. He doesn't impact anyone's decisions in any way. He doesn't like have He's a, impacted everyone's decisions with his bad betting. Yeah, but I mean like he does not have a a forceful personality. He doesn't he doesn't have a lot of empathy or anything. Every he, murder that has happened on the show thus far has happened because Kevin is bad at betting. Well, that, yeah, but he is that's the most important that's, character. I said that's, that's true, his only personality trait. He's betting and he's bad at stuff. He's bad at betting. He's good at being my favorite character. 
He doesn't, like, he's just there, like, uh... Right, he he is, like, for lack of a better term, he is just, like, a MacGuffin. Like, he is just, like, a an object, not even a character, just, like, an object to move the plot further. Like Yeah, like, do- whenever they need some kind of other contrivance, they just be like, oh, yeah... Kevin can do something dumb, and then right. the rest of them who have personalities can fix it. Do you guys know the universe meme? Yes. Yeah, you guys are the first stage. The galaxy brain <laughs> Yeah, and I am at the most enlightened stage where Kevin is my favorite character. Well, I'll you have guys to are like that first meme. stage that like Kevin's an idiot and can't do anything and has no depth, and I'm at all the way down like five more stages of like no, Kevin really is the truth of the Black Donnellys. I think we're at the stage where it's our stage is just this show is not very good. And and, <sighs> you, and, and you are Charlie Day on the board just being like, no, look at him. Look at how great. <laughs> look at the mail. Look at the mail. <sighs> this show's uh, very good. Well, we, we have discussed that at length, I feel like. let's. Uh, is this what it's like when you loved Selfie? Yeah. yeah, I think this is what it's like. This oh, is it's this lonely is a little bit. Here. Yeah, I guess so. I was gonna say this is a little bit like of what it was like when I liked Inhumans, but even <sighs> that, I was like, I knew I was doing dirty things. Like I knew I was wrong <laughs> in that case. Yeah, yeah. You you changed, hiding your shame from the Lord. You changed your tune quick on Inhumans. I did. I did. Thankfully. Um and maybe once we uh, we give our full reasons for why we don't like this show, Annie mm. will change their tune as well. Um, but before we get to that, let's take a quick break and uh, and we'll hear from some messages from our friends and sponsors. Yeah. Just kidding. We don't have any sponsors, but we do have friends. We do have friends. In uh, our very good podcast parents, our very wonderful network, Lunar Light Studio. Uh, Lunar Light Studio has been the home to Ending Pending for, gosh, a couple months now? What has it been? Four months? Five months? Something like that. It has been so long. For basically our whole lives. It feels like that. It certainly feels like that. Um... And we also have some podcast siblings, uh, one of which is Overwitch. Overwitch is a uh, video game podcast on our network. Uh, wonderful hosts who uh, started out talking about Overwatch. And then, as I might imagine, found out that that uh, that vein doesn't go quite that deep. So they're talking about all the video games. <laughs> that was a savage burn of Overwatch. I don't think it was that savage of a burn. Yeah, I, I was actually, I have not yet listened to Overwitch, so I was curious if they did exclusively talk about Overwatch. They talk about all Chuck the video Anthony games. Talk. All the video games in the world. They're like metric for how good a game is, is like how much time would you stop playing Overwatch to yeah. play the other game? Hmm. So would you yep. play it over Overwatch, hence why they call it Overwitch. Right. Mm. Okay. And what I okay. do know, what I do happen to know, is that they would always prefer to play Fortnite. Um, Fortnite is, is su- they're, they're, they're changing the name of the podcast to Overnight. That's actually not too bad. <laughs> we might start a companion <laughs> podcast. Uh, 
I feel like you're. I feel like you're. You're razzing them a little bit. There, I'm, I'm razzing them. I'm. I'm yeah. starting a little. I'm starting a little drama. Drama. There drama. You go. Uh, Podcast but, uh, drama. But uh, don't tell us about the drama. Go tell our friends over at Overwitch. Keeping it in uh, with names that are hard to spell. I'm gonna say go listen to what you call it. That's not that hard to spell. That's what you a- call it, Overwitch? How do you pronounce it? How do you spell it? Who knows? But yeah, what you call it is two good friends, Britt and Reed. And they talk about uh, whatever's on their little nerdy, uh, little nerdy hearts, and they discuss all sorts of interesting and excellent topics. And it is a real chill, conversational podcast. It's like you're getting coffee with two friends that you haven't seen in a while, and you're catching up on on pop culture shit and whatnot. And they really love that uh, Wyona Earp show, which I know nothing about except that they love it. And so I might start watching that show too. I have not talked about Netflix and Kill in a while. I like Netflix and Kill because I like the idea of being into horror, but I don't actually end up watching that many horror movies. So uh, I get to listen to them talk about horror movies and assess based on their assessment whether I would have liked that movie if I had watched it and then never watch it. (laughs) There you go, babe. That's accurate. Look, it's a system that works for me. All right. And, it is. Uh, it is literally what the medium of podcast was created for. For me to ingest through cultural osmosis other forms of media, knowing I'm never going to participate in them at all. Yep, that's how it do. Uh, and also, the hosts are uh, are film experts. They are, I believe, film students, and they actively make films themselves. So they have some insight onto some things that I would not have uh, considered had they not presented me with their perspectives. So Netflix and Kill is a great show. You can find all these shows and more at LunarLightStudio.com. Also, be sure to donate to our Patreon. That's, that's at Patreon. Right. That's at Patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Uh, we are nearing a big milestone of getting $100 in contributions every month. Uh, so help, go help uh, per- uh, contribute to that. So there's some cool shit you get, too. Yeah. You don't just give mm-hmm. us money. You get cool shit yeah. in return. It's like a drug deal, except instead of drugs, you get more podcasts and you can't get arrested. And you get the stuff that we cut out of this very podcast. Yeah. <laughs> there is some stuff at the beginning of this episode. Cut out some stuff. You're going to find out about it. Oh, wait. Oh, just wait, listener. All the real yeah. horny shit gets cut and you only get it if you pay us money. That's saying a lot because, like, who tops Santa wound up in the podcast. <laughs> right, yes. no, I thought that wound up as an outtake. Lots of horny stuff ends up in these episodes, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> the grossest corners of the ending pending world. All of the weird shit ends up just for our Patreon. People. Don't try. Don't worry about trying to find the dark web. Just give a dollar a month to Patreon <laughs> to Lunar Light yeah. HQ, and you'll get the the weirdest, the most repulsive. Not repulsive. Just horny. Just real. Yeah, horny. just horny. And if you don't, we know you're a coward. And you're not brave enough to listen to the darkest corners of each of our noodles. This is a point where I wonder if the ad read for our Patreon is going to end up as an exclusive on our Patreon. This is a taste. This is a little taste of what you can expect. You cut the last one where I was just screaming at the people to give us money so I could be Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. 
give, donate to our Patreon. Donate we, to the Patreon. We want it. Again, that is patreon.com slash LunarLightHQ. Welcome to the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. Our job is to take your brand and bring it to the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist. None of us have studied advertising. In fact, we don't know anything about business at all. The one thing we do know is how to make your product a viral failure. Coke is just better than Dr. Pepper because Coke did not... Dr. Pepper already did their own advertising by having an actual advertisement where the slogan was, it's not for women. (laughs) (laughs) This is Advertising. Brought to you by Lunar Light Studio every other Monday. Available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Black Donnelly's. Black Donnelly's. Oh, boy. The best show NBC ever made after Kings. Probably not. Let's talk about it's why It's better that's than wrong. the cape, though. I We have yet to see the cape. It's coming. What about these four episodes did not work for us? Nothing. I I really thought these episodes were flawless. Knew you were going to (laughs) say (laughs) that. I don't have any complaints. Here, if I can can just give an overarching complaint, because I don't even know how legitimate this is, but I feel like it's legitimate. The older I get and the more relationships that I have that are like lifelong relationships that are with people that I I love and I care about, but are like people that drive me nuts in a frustrating way or a very problematic way. There are people who will defend those people by saying it's just who they are. They're not going to change. You either have to accept it or just move on. I feel like There is a voice in my head saying that about every single character in this show of just, I don't like any of these people. They're all doing bad things. They're all making terrible decisions. And someone's just saying, listen, it's just the way they are. It's just, you got to accept it. And at this point, I'm like, I don't like or care about any of these people. I don't need to keep them in my life. Why do I keep doing this to myself? I am just like endlessly frustrated with all with with Jimmy because I I know I'm supposed to be frustrated with Jimmy but it's just like Jimmy is just like a caricature of like the worst decisions and actions and reactions that any one human being can make and it's just like I just like why is this the catalyst why is Kevin the catalyst why is like why are we spending so much time with the Donnelly's mom and Sean and Can and I ask like, a dumb question? Yeah. What's one bad decision that Jimmy has made? All besides of the wait, wait, besides the drugs. Drugs are bad. The gambling um, going, That's not Jimmy. The bookmaking's not Jimmy? I mean he's bookmaking, but he's not gambling. The bookmaking. Wait, then. the bookmaking is worse. He he it he, hasn't gone bad yet. He's just been making tons of money. He's been collecting from the people who bad. lose and not paying the people who win. Yeah, but he stopped doing that because Whitey told him to stop. Um, how about going to Huey's funeral and um, peeing in public? That wasn't Huey's funeral. That was Salmonetta's oh, funeral. Oh, Jesus. That was the head of the okay. Italian mob. Yeah, but going... <laughs> 
Okay, going to the Italian guy's funeral and peeing in full view of everyone there while drunk with his drug addict's girlfriend. And then going to... Okay, the wake that they were having was Huey's wake. Yeah, that was correct? Huey's wake, yeah. He turned up at Huey's wake. <laughs> he went to two mobster funerals in a day. Yes, and was drunk and high, presumably at both of them, and drew a lot of attention to himself at both of them, even though he was already suspected for having murdered one of them. But nothing bad happened. He killed He killed Louie. He killed, uh, what's his That face? was a revenge killing, which, like, that's... That's it's totally still a bad choice. Revenge can still out. be a you bad can, choice. Okay, Andy, I want to establish that things can still be bad choices, even if uh, a direct negative result does not come of them. I don't. I don't agree. If you don't also, face, if you don't face tangible consequences for your decisions, then they're not bad decisions. Also, that is very untrue. It can still be a bad decision. Even if a bunch of white dudes in a writer's room decides that he should be somehow rewarded for his bad decisions. (laughs) This is a fictional thing. This is not, this isn't like a true to life rip from the headline story. Oh no, I think, I think Jimmy's onto something. I think he's going to turn this around. Do you know why I think that? Because you've seen the the episodes that are coming up. I think that because he is childhood friends with professional bait. Baseball player uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Oh my goodness! That's right. The actor who plays Jimmy is the same actor who played Smalls or Small, yeah, Smalls uh. in the Sandlot. And I think that kid is gonna sort through this. He's gonna he's he's gonna befriend James Earl Jones and get some wisdom, and he's you gonna are, fight a big dog. You are currently hijacking our negative portion of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you are. Get out am of here! I with hijacking your, with your, it, or am I improving with, it? Get out of here with your IMDb facts. Um. Yeah, I agree with you, Ronnie. There's so many ways that you can make, um, like villainous or or. misbehaving or generally bad decision-making characters still likable and relatable, you can make really interesting villains and you can make really interesting bad people. And I don't think any of the bad people in this show are relatable or interesting. Like, everything they're doing is so fundamentally far removed from everything that I prioritize in my life that I just can't, I cannot, I cannot even begin to fathom like what their priorities are. So it's Mm -hmm. very hard to connect to what's going on uh, emotionally. Not, it's not that I don't understand what's going on narratively, but emotionally um, I can't, I can't like put myself in any of their shoes. So that's something that I struggle with. Um, Also this, I was saying this to Andy earlier. I know, like, money makes the world go round. But it seems like anytime they need a plot contrivance, it's just like somebody has lost money and somebody needs money. You know, like, every every problem they have is driven by, I don't have money. It, it's, it's a factor of this whole, like, uh, Kevin's gambling debt thing. First, it's Kevin's gambling debts they need money for. Then it's uh, extortion from the Italians, uh, that, that guy, I forget his name. Mickey Gutero. 
Yeah, that guy was trying to get um, Tommy to give him money for uh, killing Louis Downtown. Yep. Yeah, was trying to get money. And so, like, everybody's motivation is just, like, get money. Oh, and now Jenny's um, dad has dementia and lost a bunch of money. And so now they need money. Every, every element of the plot is just like, need money, get money, need money, get money, need money, get money. It's like and Dragon Age 2, without the mages. <laughs> um, okay, but, um... <laughs> you giggle because I'm right. Uh, I, I, I'm not I gonna get into Dragon... We've, we've already spent too much time on Dragon Age uh, oh. in this podcasting universe. But, um, oh, what was I, I was getting back to something. Well, I, I, I if I can, uh, maybe yeah, I'll jog your memory while I speak. The, I agree with you that, like, it, it, it is a difficult thing where, because, like, you know, money does make the world go round and to just assume, like, well, they should just have money then is kind of, like, a privileged response to it. But so is, oh, well, they can just pick up $15,000 on their walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Like. If if they have a, a a deficiency of cash flow, then like let's see some consequences of what that means. Let's see, you know, the diner get lost. Let's see, you know, Jimmy get his knees broken or something like that. Like let's see some of this happen and not just like oh they just fell ass backwards into a pile of money. So I guess we're gonna you know we'll see how the Duke boys get out of this one next week. Like. Yeah, and I wasn't saying, like, oh, well, why don't they just have more money? Why don't right. they just try not being poor? I mean, like, uh, it's, it is large sums of money that are constantly changing hands, and this is the, the source of conflict, like, pretty much at all times. And in a lot of cases, the way that money is gained or lost is sort of unlikely and sort of contrived and sort of just very convenient to get them out of whatever scenario they happen to be in. Um, so like, that's a little annoying. Um, and Oh, what I was saying is, uh, they own a bar and if they were just running that business competently, uh, there's no reason that they have to be in this, like, constant, like, rat race with the mob. Realistic. Like, they own property in New York City. Kim mentioned that they should go to Gordon Ramsay and Kitchen Nightmares and just, like, learn how to run their bar. And I would fucking watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah, like, realistically, if they want money and they want to, uh, like, not have to steal shit anymore... They could sell that bar and they could move to New Jersey and they'd be fine. <laughs> oh, he's fucking telling New Yorkers to move to New Jersey. You might as well tell them to cut their hands off. <laughs> um, but but even even to your point, Andy, earlier where you were talking about like the great scene between Tommy and Nikki, that was a fantastic way of how like something was handled. And it wasn't just somebody like put a bunch of money into somebody's hand and promised they were going to put money in their hand for months to come. Like he he used the leverage that he had that was not financial, and it really like made sense with the rest of the plot. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it advanced the plot without it being like, well, until the next you know amount of money we need. <laughs> Also, there were some more weird music choices in, in these very episodes. Weird. Very, very strange. weird. Very strange. 
very I don't know who is the music uh director for a this. visionary. There's a lot of like soft pop songs that just play in the background at ver- and like I don't mean in the background like they're in a bar and music is playing. I mean like non-diegetic music is played over scenes. Clearly, like, somebody had to do that. Somebody did it on purpose. Somebody picked that song and said, ah, yes, that will go here. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why. I mentioned a lot of my problems last week, and a lot of the problems that I have this week are still, like, those overarching problems of just the the fundamentals of the show. So I don't really have a whole lot more, like, nitty-gritty stuff. I, I, I Like, that's, that's what I mean. The show is getting better. I do think that the writing is is getting tighter. I wish that, like, like we've been talking about, that the money aspect was was handled a little more smoothly. It, it's it's mostly big picture stuff, not so much the small potatoes of the show. And I wish they would focus more on like the high politics of it instead of like just the inner workings of this family. Unless we're going to be like loving sappy brothers, because clearly that's what I'm into. I want all these brothers to be like hugging and and having good times with each other. That would make me happier. Can I just say also, uh, they've made a plot point out of Sean thinking that he's, like, ugly now or whatever. And, like, they did a sad-ass job trying to, like, draw some scar makeup on Sean's face. Right. For like, <laughs> like, that, like, for what? <laughs> for, like, it, that, that, that didn't go anywhere. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like, why are we spending time here? Yeah, there is a lot of time spent with the Donnelly's mom and Sean, like, holed up in their apartment. And, like, Sean, you should go back to school. And then, like, Sean and that, like, there's also, like, a subplot with that random girl that's stalking Sean. And that doesn't, I don't understand how, like, that fits into the big picture. I mean, I know it was explained, yes, like, like, there was, there was an explanation given as to why she's there and stuff. But, like, it just doesn't seem to have anything to do with anything. Yeah. I think the, the most important thing from that is um, when the Donnelly's mom mentions... Because Donnelly's mom is under the impression that Sean got beat up because of her. Yeah. So, when she's like, and Lord knows what my sons had to do to avenge that. It shows that she's clearly knows that her sons, like, did some shit. And she's okay with it. But we already, She's justifying it. We already know that about her because of that scene in the hospital where she hid the blood. Yeah, on. but now she has lines. Last time you complained that she didn't say anything. This time she's actually, like, talking. I want her to have lines that are meaningful because, like, again, you don't have to... If you're just reiterating something about the character we already know, then that's not, that's not effective. I'm tired uh-huh. of the mom. I'm over the mom. I want the mom to be written out. She is, like, number one on my list of, like, she's just, it's just the way she is. You gotta just let her live her And it's like, no, no, I don't want to be here. Show me more Nikki Katero. I want to see, I want to see Aloe. I want to see Aloe at the driving range for Which is 20 a shame straight minutes. Because we know that that, uh, that actress, and I've forgotten her name, the, we know that that actress is very talented because I've seen her in other stuff. And she is so underutilized, and it's a shame. Yep. That being said, Sean's got to go back to school. What is Sean thinking? Well, he's gonna work the firecracker. He's gonna he's gonna go buy a jukebox, and he's gonna that's gonna pay his bills. Ugh. 
I still also just feel so like dirty after watching this show. Like it's so tense and the stakes are so high that after I finish watching it, it's like I'm like looking over my shoulder like who's got dirt on me? Who's going to pull me into this kind of a situation? Who who like I feel like every text I get is like, what's this person want? They want they want to kill me. They want to steal my money. They're coming to blackmail me. They they They're got my brother me? in a trunk. And well, just like you listen to Cryptid Keeper to know how to fight off the monsters. Now you can listen to Ending Pending. You know how to deal with uh, Nicky Guitaro and his goons. Yeah, that's exactly. What do they we know how do to we do. know how to deal with it? Because it seems like the solution is find fifteen thousand dollars on the right. street somewhere. Right. Kill kill yourself a Louis downtown. Yeah, I think that Louis was a Down- weird hiccup Louis- into a burp. I just did. Christ, Louis Downtown might have been like one of my favorite characters on the show, and he's not on it anymore. When, when he's tied up gambling with Kevin, yeah, and he's like, "I don't want to play. You're not going to pay me." I love right. that. He's that just very funny. self-aware. Yeah. Like he's just like the only person in all the entire show so far has been like, "Here's what's happening. I know what's happening. This is you all gotta, bullshit. This is all nonsense." And then he gets killed, and it's like, "Oh, I liked when it was nonsense." <laughs> uh, how do we feel about this show overall? Let's get into it. Evan, these yeah, seven episodes all together, whole kit and caboodle. They working for you? No, sorry. Sorry, my don't love. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, don't apologize to me. Andy. I'll go last. <laughs> okay. I got to get the last word in. Ronnie. Sure yes. Uh, the whole seven episodes thus far of the Black Donnellys, are they working for you? Nope, not yet. I think they might eventually, but not yet. Andy. Andy. That's me. That's you. Jeez. You're the... The last bastion of hope for this show. You're the you're the you're the main event, the closing act. Are these seven episodes all together? Has this show worked for you so far? Huh. You know, it's tough to say with how fucking great it's been, whether it's been working for me or whether it's been working for me, but I think it's been working for me. That's good. I'm glad. I'm yeah. very glad. Um follow us on Twitter. <laughs> just wanna, I just want to get out of that as soon as possible uh, thank you very much to Nate who wrote us a very nice email he did all about how we've been killing it I'm going to pat ourselves on the back because I'm going to humble brag a little bit mm-hmm, Nate mm-hmm. said that we've been killing it the past couple seasons and doing great and that our the, how good we've been has has uh, made him a listener to more podcasts on the Lunar Light Network. Lunar Light Studio yeah. Network. Yeah. Did you hear that podcast, Moms? We got we got you we got you some listeners. We Aren't brought you, you this. We, I'm we brought you we are, one whole Nate. We are the cats bringing you the dead mouse of Nate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Nate will like that comparison. Ah, I, think I think he might be okay with it. Um, if you want to send us emails and tell us how great we've been and tell us that we, we are the reason that you're listening to more Lunar Light shows, you could send that email to penningpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at pendingpod on Twitter, at endingpending on Instagram, at, at pendingpod on Facebook, and uh, give that Patreon a little look. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Just poke, your, poke your snoot in. Poke, do it, do it, do poke it. Your, it's poke a, your snoot in the Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com slash Lunar Light HQ. And, and make uh, sure you mention that you listen to us. Yeah. yeah. T- tell, them where, tell them where you came from. Um, 
You tell him who sent you. You tell him who sent you. But here's tell, the thing. Tell Nikki Katero that uh, Louis Downtown sent you. Tell him. Tell him that that ending pending sent you. But just, but just don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. That's a good point. Yeah. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. 